everybody welcome to another episode of your intention matters thank you very much for joining my name of course is still paul madot i'm excited for this episode i have jenna scapanello she is senior sales enablement specialist coming to us from d2l in southwestern ontario end of november what a year jenna how are things things are good i mean definitely different um compared to what they were this time last year a lot more online shopping but um I can't complain about having the orders come right to my door. So it's all good. Yes, well, your dog might complain, right? Yeah, no kidding. You heard him earlier going nuts when uh, my delivery came. So happens quite more often. Well, listen, it's nice to meet you. I appreciate you being here. Do me a favor. Say hi to everybody and provide a quick intro and then uh, we'll get into your story. Sure. So uh, hello, everyone who is listening. Uh, as Paul mentioned, my name is Jenna Scapanello, uh, professionally working at D2L uh, in sales enablement um, with a recent background being a business development rep as well as an account executive. Um, and more on a, a personal note, um, as we mentioned, I do have a dog, two cats. I do consider my house to be a little bit of a petting zoo. Um, love to do home renovations in my free time, play golf. Uh, and of course, watching a lot of Netflix these days. So, Good. All right. Well, thanks for being here. I'm looking forward to it. As you know, the title of the podcast is called Your Intention Matters. Mm-hmm. And that really stems from my belief that nothing is really given to any of us. And it all starts with what's up top with our intention and our mindset. And with that said, let's jump into your story. Are you ready to go here? Sure. Sounds great. All right. We're going back a couple of years here, back to 2016. You're at Wilfrid Laurier, mm-hmm. a BA in Honors Communication Studies. Uh, I don't see sales there at all. And uh, maybe you did neither. So keep me honest here. Did you have a vision in terms of anything you thought you might be doing when you graduated? Or was it just, I got to go to college, university, and I'll figure it out? Where were you at? Yeah. So, I mean, even looking further back in high school, when I was trying to figure out what program I was going to do, definitely uh, being a sales rep wasn't what I saw. At the time, I thought it was going to be marketing, actually, that I was going to do. So um, going into the communications program, um, didn't even know a ton about the program, I will admit. Um, But I knew I was going to get that piece of paper, which is really uh, what what my family always tells me matters. So um, that's what I was doing. And then after taking a couple of courses in marketing, I realized that that also wasn't for me. Um, But no, sales was not uh, where I thought I saw myself going, definitely after graduating. So once you graduated, were you out of work for an extended period? Did you have a job? What were you doing? Yeah, I was super lucky. So I, in my, I believe my last year or the last summer of university between third and fourth year was lucky enough to get a position at Sun Life Financial, um, working there as a summer student. And then in my last year of university, they actually asked me to stay on part-time. So I worked at Sun Life all throughout fourth year and then graduating, um, they actually asked me to stay on full-time. So it was nice for me. I didn't have to, to go searching for a role. I, I had something coming right out of university. So Jenna, my question for you is, why do you think they uh, wanted you to stick around? And it might, might be a hard question to answer because you might sound like, oh, I'm tooting my own horn here. That's not really where <laughs> I want you to go. But, but why do you think it was? Well, what do you think you brought to the table that made them say, no, we want you to be here for a bit? I think honestly, um, 
I was reliable. I think I took a lot of initiative as well while I was there, um, mm. just trying to help out in any way I could, taking it all in, learning as much as I could as well. I mean, I had some really awesome leadership during my time, um, made some great relationships and connections with people too. And I just got lucky that there was an opening on a team within the department that I was working in. So it was still a change of role when I started on full-time, but um, I was able to bring everything that I had previously learned from within that department with me. So. And so including your time when you were still in school, how long were you with Sun Life? That's a good question. I'm going to have to look at my LinkedIn profile for that. Um, All right, let's do it that. Was about, yeah, it was almost three and a half years that I was there for. Okay, so. So, all right. So three and a half years and you decided to move on. Was it their decision? If it was yours, I'm curious about why, because they gave you a shot, good relationship there. Any, any, that was that an easy decision if it was yours? And if not, talk to me about that. Yeah. So it was my decision to move on. Definitely. It was not an easy decision. So the role that I started in right after school was actually in the sales enablement-ish, if you will, department within Sun Life for training all the financial advisors. So I got a little bit of a taste of what sales enablement was like at that time, but I was more of the numbers person. So I wasn't really getting to make any decisions. And I mean, it's no, not their fault. I didn't really have any credibility based on my previous experience to say like, here are the things I think we should be doing. Yeah. So that's kind of where I took the step back and made the decision to move on. And that's when I moved over to Vidyard as a business development rep, because I thought if I'm ever going to have any type of say uh, or, or that credibility, I need to actually have done the role myself. So that's right. why I made the decision to leave. Um, definitely like I said, wasn't an easy decision. I had a lot of friends there and I still do actually, which is great. Um, but yeah, that's, that's why I did it. From the, from the time when you started to think about it to when it actually happened and you handed in your resignation, how long was that? Do you recall? Yeah, it, it wasn't too long. I do remember um, that I wasn't going nuts with applications or anything like that. I wasn't at the point where I was desperate to leave. It was more just that I felt like it was probably what I should do if I was ever going to, like I said, have that credibility. So I would say, I mean, the hiring process at Vidyard itself was uh, a really amazing experience. It was all within a week. So maybe within a month of making the decision, I had actually um, moved into the new role at Vidyard. Okay, so you went to Vidyard. For anybody who is unfamiliar with them, they're, you know, pretty, you know, slick company with technology and on the yeah. cutting edge of, of how we're communicating with each other. And, you know, I'm fortunate they're a client of ours. And so I have great respect for them as a company. And I know them to be pretty dynamic and growing. And, mm -hmm. and uh, but did you know anything about them? Were you even familiar with video in terms of communications? I mean, even back in 2018, when you joined, it still was new. I mean, it's still even new to this day. So even two years ago, um, you know, did, did it take a while for you to become acclimated to the, the Vidyard way and the value prop? And what, what made you choose that company? Yeah, so it, I actually chose it because a previous coworker of mine at Sun Life had moved over to Vidyard and she had only awesome things to say. So that's how I first learned about the company. Mm. I mean, being from Kitchener-Waterloo, I wasn't super in tune with the tech industry at that time either. So I can't even say for sure how many times I had even heard the name Vidyard, although right. Sun Life was also a client of Vidyard at that time as well. So I knew, I knew that much. Um, so I knew a little bit about what they did, 
but yeah, it was definitely at that time. I mean, Snapchat and Instagram and social media and things like that video were starting to pick up. But I do remember when I went through the onboarding and having to make videos for the first time and like stare at myself while I did an introduction or told a little whiteboard (laughs) beside you. Exactly. Yeah. Told a customer story or something like that for onboarding. It was super awkward at first, but it didn't take long to get used to it. Um, Just really was that repetition and practice and becoming more used to the whole talking to a camera and not having anybody on the other side giving me any type of response whatsoever in return. And so the shift into a BDR selling this technology, was it easier than you thought or was it harder than you thought? Actually, it was easier than I thought it would be. Um, I do remember the day before I started being at home, having a little bit of a freak out because I had never been in a role that was quota carrying before. Mm. So definitely going into the role, I was super nervous about that. Like, what if I can't book meetings? What if people don't reply to me? What if I'm not hitting quota, like with just a base salary, like, how am I going to have my house? Like I had all these different thoughts going through my head. Um, But then, I mean, the onboarding program there was amazing. The support from my manager, everyone that I was working with was really great. So I was lucky that I got up and running relatively quickly and started to see success early on in the role. So looking back now, it wasn't as tough as I thought it was going to be. Definitely uh, helped me to grow some super thick skin, get very comfortable with rejection, awkward conversations, things Mm. like that. So I learned a ton from the role as well. Did you have a chance to work with Jimmy Gagnon when you were there? So I didn't work directly with him. He, I believe he was actually still an account executive when I joined, but he did like a, a, the support segment. So not, not our typical segment that we sell into. So I knew him and then he was promoted to a sales manager role while I worked there. Uh, So I worked closely with, as a BDR, it was aligned to account executives that were on his team. So shout out to Jimmy, man. We love you, buddy. Great (laughs) job. So, okay. So, okay. So you're at Vidyard, new company. You kind of took to it. It toughened you up a little bit in terms of how to be a salesperson because Mm -hmm. it's not all just smooth sailing. There's a lot of work and, you know, for me, anybody who's, who's ever really turned the corner in their career as a salesperson, from my chair, I think it's all earned. Like there, there's nothing that's just handed to anybody as a salesperson. I don't care what you sell, what industry you're in. If, if you get to a point where you have a healthy book of stuff and you're, you know, kind of operating out of abundance, you've earned that. And so uh, you start as a BDR. Did you move into being an AE? Most companies will have you be a BDR and then you move into an account executive. Did that, did that happen for you as well? It did. Yeah. That's not the like plan that they line out for you when they get there. I mean, they ask you what path you think you want to do. And at that point, that's when I had said, like, if things go well as being a BDR, then I could see the account executive piece working out for me. Um, But I actually started closing deals while I was a BDR uh, in order to get myself into that account executive position. Okay. All right. And so was it uh, a good transition for you from, you know, Hunter to, you know, quote unquote farmer or just a bit of a different, uh, different role? Yeah, a bit of a different role. I mean, I, the transition was relatively easy. Um, like I said, I had asked the sales manager who was on our emerging team. So it's more the transactional selling, mm-hmm. um, had asked him if I could try closing a couple deals just to prove that I could do it. Um, and so once I moved into the role, the, the transition was smooth because I had been comfortable with that process for a uh, a month or so, or at least two maybe prior. Um, 
So that part of things did go well. It's definitely different though. I mean, I think a lot of people say if you can be a business development rep, um, then you can do any role in a company because yeah. nothing's going to be as tricky as being a BDR, but being an AE has its challenges as well. I mean, I think that being a BDR, there are highs and lows. You get a meeting booked, that's a good high, or you get yeah. like a terrible email response or rejection over the phone from someone and that's a, a bad low. But um, when you're an AE, I feel like the highs are even higher and the lows can be even lower and a little bit more responsibility as well with the revenue closing side of things rather than booking the meeting and moving on to the next. All right. And I, and I, I think anybody who's done both jobs can appreciate what you just said there because the, they're similar, but they are vastly different and they certainly can give you the springboard into something else here. And so mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm, I'm really curious to know about the decision to uh, move into a new job in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> How does this happen, Jenna? How did you find D2L? You joined there in the in this this past summer. We're only three months into this thing, and a lot has happened this year. And so, what 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 happened? How'd they find you? How'd you find them? Yeah. So D2L. I mean, once I got into Vidyard, definitely I became a lot more connected with the tech space. So I knew of them. I had also used the tool while I was in university as a student. So I had known about D2L for some time and mm-hmm. I'm now learning in interviews. That's what everyone says that, of why they want to work at D2L. Um, but yeah, I actually wasn't looking actively for a role. I mean, I had come from that somewhat of a sales enablement space. Um, but I hadn't been an account executive for a super long time, but I actually had a good friend who did work for Jimmy. Um, so Jimmy would know Brooke as well, very well, uh, who had moved on to D2L to the enablement team and her and I were super close. We had stayed in touch. Um, we had had some conversations about me potentially moving back into some type of a sales enablement role now that I have that credibility piece. And so there was an opening on her team. She reached out to me to ask if I'd be interested. And so I took some time to learn more about the opportunity and things worked out. But yeah, transitioning during a pandemic was definitely strange. I keep telling people it wasn't, I feel like it wasn't as uh, exciting or climactic as it would have been had we not been in a pandemic because the last Friday I had at Vidyard, I was sitting at this exact same desk meeting with my Vidyard friends. And then my first day at D2L, I was sitting in the exact same place, uh, just with a different computer in front of me. So uh, definitely different. We've got some good jokes going around that, you know, we've never seen each other from the waist down or most, pe- most people now. So um, we're having fun with it, but it was, yeah. it was strange. Well, good. Sure. well, good. I'm glad to hear all things considered. It's, it's been good. I'm curious about your, your current role now, because I worked at Xerox for about a decade and I was mm-hmm. in sales across the board. So I was a sales representative. I was a sales manager and then I moved into sales training and I was their national sales instructor. And, and that, I did that for three years. I was in sales for about five of my 10 years or so. And three of them were in training. And, and I loved, that was my most favorite job, the enablement side, the learning and development side, being the trainer and kind of being part of the, the team that helped mold the curriculum. What do you like about being in enablement? What, what draws you there? Yeah, I think there's a few different things. So I like that I'm, I feel like I'm making an impact on more than just myself. Um, so trying to do things for the greater good of the team. I get to work really closely with the business development reps. And as I had kind of said earlier, I really enjoyed my time as a BDR. So it's been nice to work so closely with the team, help them all grow and develop and even just see them move on into their next role. Um, at some point, 
down the road, I do see myself potentially being in a role where I'm leading people. But that's one thing that I really like about the role right now is Mm. that I'm still an individual contributor. So I work super closely with the team. I get to be what I call all the time as like a cheerleader for them, um, but I'm not their direct manager. So I feel like I get to work on more of those positive things with them and get to, um, like I said, uh, cheer them on to, to be better. Awesome. Well, Jenna, it's been so great to get to know you here uh, as you, uh, you know, as you battled through 2020 and then also, you know, with you really just getting your career off the ground here, about four or five years into it and mm-hmm. you've got a pretty good path, good glide path that you're on right now. Uh, as you know, I always like to ask anybody who's a guest on the podcast, if they have any, any feedback or any commentary or any advice for someone, like what's been your foundation thus far in, in your first, you know, call it four to five years of your career? What's, what's been working for you? I think the biggest thing that's been working for me is mainly just taking initiative um, and trying to do things outside of the box, not just what your, your formal role is and, and what it is that is listed on the job posting of here are your responsibilities, but just trying to go above and beyond um, and thinking about where you see yourself going next and being a, kind of proactive in that sense to reach out to people on those teams, see what kind of things you can do to make their lives easier. Cause most of the time, nobody's going to turn you away for trying to help them yeah. uh, have an easier time. So I think that would be my one piece of advice is, um, you know, get really good at what you're doing now, uh, but take that initiative to um, go outside of your role and grow yourself proactively to get into the next one. I love it. Jenna, it's been so great to meet you. Thanks so much for being here. I've had a lot of fun talking to you. Thank you, Paul. It's been awesome. You bet. All right, everybody, let's wrap this one up right now. Remember, your intention matters. Why? Because that's the result you'll tend to get. We're out of here. We'll do it again next week. And of course, be safe, everybody.